Hello and welcome back to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode. Today is the third instalment in our Rossi's Rivals series. Um, and in this episode, we will be talking about Catalonia 2009, where Valentino Rossi headed off against Jorge Lorenzo. Now, before we get started, uh, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes in this series, please do so. They're available on our channel. Uh, the first of which um, was 2004 uh, in South Africa, which was Rossi against Max Biaggi in Valentino Rossi's first ever race um, for the Yamaha factory, a team that he stayed with ever since, apart from two hiatus years with Ducati in 2011 and 2012. The second episode was uh, talking about 2008 Laguna Seca, uh, an incredible battle between Valentino Rossi and his arch nemesis Casey Stoner, the Australian on the Ducati, an incredible race that Rossi managed to triumph very much against the odds. So we're heading towards um, towards the end of, of the series now. Today's episode about Catalonia 2009 um, is basically from a season where I would say it was the last season where Rossi had real supremacy in the MotoGP World Championship. After that, it was very much when the new age of riders started to to come into the come into the picture, uh, and all of a sudden, Rossi had company at the top of the sport. Now, Jorge Lorenzo um, has very much he's been one of Valentino Rossi's strongest rivals, and one of the rivals that he's been most associated with because. Um, Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo were teammates in the factory Yamaha garage from 2008 through to 2010, uh, and then Rossi went off to off to Ducati for a couple of years, and then they were teammates again from 2013 all the way through to 2017, and in 2018. Jorge Lorenzo, sorry, my apologies, till 2016. And then in 2017 and 2018, Jorge Lorenzo went off to Ducati and then had his final season in the sport with Honda in 2019 and very recently announced his retirement from MotoGP. But Jorge Lorenzo is one of the guys who really made Valentino Rossi's life very, very difficult, particularly uh, in uh, in the latter stages of their uh, relationship. And of course, in 2015, both riders, Rossi and Lorenzo, went down to the wire for the world title at Valencia. But 2015 will make another um, another appearance in this uh, in this later on in this series. So Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo have had some fantastic battles um, over the years, but without a doubt, Catalonia 2009 is the definitive race for these two bitter rivals. At the time. Jorge Lorenzo had um, had joined the MotoGP class in 2008 and had made a very big impact straight away with getting on pole position uh, in his very first race and winning in just his third race at Estoril. So 
immediately causing Valentino Rossi problems. But um, Lorenzo's 2008 season was riddled with accidents and causing a number of horrific injuries, which very much hampered Lorenzo's confidence and progress up the class. But in 2009, he came back a much stronger, much more polished article and was really challenging Valentino Rossi for the title. But, as we've seen so many times with Valentino Rossi with a number of his rivals, once the rivals start to challenge closely, they become, well, the, the, the mind games begin and the rivalry becomes ever more bitter. And no more so than when this rivalry is with someone in his very own garage. Now, Valentino Rossi was not... Uh, he was not a supporter of having a talent like Jorge Lorenzo come in beside him in his team. No, make no mistake, Yamaha was his team. He took it round from 2004 when he joined, when they hadn't won for two years, they hadn't won a world title for 12 years. He brought them up to the top level of MotoGP, to the winner's circle, to winning championships. That's what he brought to the table. So in 2008, when they brought in Jorge Lorenzo, he was not a happy boy at all. So unhappy that the civil war began very, very early between the um, between Rossi and Lorenzo. By the time Catalonia 2009 rolled round, um, about five or six races into the season in 2009, a, an actual a huge wall, a partition was built within the factory Yamaha garage. So bitter, so tense was the rivalry between these two men that they couldn't bear to to even look at each other. They couldn't bear to share information with each other. It was very much two very separate teams trying to beat each other. And when you look at the race celebrations at the end of this particular race, you realise these are not normal situations for when um, they're beating someone in their very own team. But that was the case at that time. There was absolute civil war between Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo. Now, in qualifying, there was nothing to separate these two Yamaha men. Lorenzo on the number 99, Valentino on the number 46, Yamaha M1 800cc machines. In qualifying... Jorge Lorenzo took pole, his third in the opening six races. And he took pole from Valentino Rossi by just 0.013 of a second. Just a cigarette paper's width of a gap between the two. There's absolutely nothing to separate the two factory Yamaha men. Now, up to this point, they were both riders were in two very different stages of their career. Lorenzo, only 22 years old, just his second year in the class, and Valentino Rossi, 30 years old, and had been in the paddock for, for 13 years uh, at that point, and had been in MotoGP for nine years. So, two very different, uh, very different experience levels. Valentino Rossi loves Catalonia, loves the circuit de Catalonia at Montmelo, just outside the city of Barcelona. And at, at that point in 2008, Valentino Rossi had won at the circuit on eight previous occasions. So completely different. Now, a sign of the times, at the time when they rolled into Catalonia 2009, Honda had not won a Grand Prix for an entire year. So it was very much the case of Yamaha and Casey Stoner's Ducati that were really at the front of MotoGP at the time. Quite a, quite a strange time. 
Talking of Casey Stoner, Casey Stoner um, following the race in Catalonia 2009, having dipped off the pace quite quickly um, after the opening laps of the race, he was diagnosed with um, lactose intolerance, which was causing him incredible fatigue problems, and he could barely hang on to the bike, and actually had to had to stop mid-season and go away to try and get himself sorted out, which of course he thankfully did manage to and came back to win more races and to win another world title in 2011. But this was the race that really showed quite graphically how how unwell Casey Stoner, uh, Casey Stoner was. So as they headed, in, headed on to the grid, 88,000 people packed the grandstand. Now bearing in mind in 2009, this was at the very darkest depths of the financial crisis which of course hit Spain particularly badly at the time and so to have 88,000 people turning up paying a significant amount to come along to a MotoGP race it just shows the passion and the interest in the sport in Spain but also um, the I think they, that there was almost they could tell there was something building there was something brewing this battling this battle between Rossi and Lorenzo had been building up for quite some time now as the race as the race got going Jorge Lorenzo bolted off from the start and managed to get into the first corner um, ahead. And throughout the entire race, both Yamaha men were absolutely glued together. Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo trading places, one taking the chance to lead, the other taking the chance to lead. Both just watching each other, trying to analyse where, um, where each other were strong and where each other were weak. Um, fascinating race to watch. If you ever get the chance to do it, go on to the MotoGP video pass uh, and, and, and watch the race. You will see two men riding at the absolute maximum of their ability. And like the first two races in this series, you saw two riders driven by the rivalry towards each other and raising their level up just one more notch again just to try and win just that extra bit more to try to beat one another. But... Even though the both the both riders were riding to the absolute limit on their beautiful, sweet, smooth handling Yamahas, you could tell that even though they were absolutely on the limit, they were really, you know, it was a real thinking race. You know, the both riders making sure they knew exactly where each other's um, strengths and weaknesses were. But Catalonia 2009 all came down to one final move as as they came into the closing the closing laps of the race it was so difficult to tell who was going to lead and coming into this the final stadium section of the there are lots of tight twisty corners in the stadium section of the Catalonia circuit Jorge Lorenzo was ahead and he said um, to the press previously in the weekend if you come into the stadium section ahead you will win the race there are no overtaking opportunities left Valentino Rossi had other ideas because Valentino Rossi, we've seen this before, when he needs to make an incredibly bold, strong move, he will do so. And he will deploy, only deploy that move when it is absolutely necessary. Now, in 2008, at Laguna Seca against Stoner, he knew he had to deploy this, this special move at the very beginning of the race, as soon as Casey Stoner got in front of him, he had to make that crazy move down the down the corkscrew to keep him to keep to, to basically to hold him back. In this case, it was quite different. Both riders were on an exact equal pace with each other and had followed each other for the whole race. And coming into the stadium section, Jorge Lorenzo had ended up in the lead. And Jorge Lorenzo, although riding on the limit, 
felt that you know it's uh, there. It was his uh, his race to lose from there. But Valentino Rossi put together a move that has not been seen before or since in at that very corner. In fact, the profile of this corner has actually changed uh, in uh, at the Montmelo circuit. It's a, the final corner, very, very, very fast right-hand corner, where basically the riders would go all the way down the hill in a straight line and then take this very fast right-hander. Now there's a couple of chicanes to try to slow the pace of the riders, sadly following... Uh, Louis Salom's tragic accident uh, at that final corner um, so they had to change the profile of it to improve the safety and, and rightly so but at this time it was still on the old layout so a very very fast right hander with no room to, to, to get past unless your name is Valentino Rossi of course coming up to that final corner he was right next to right behind Jorge Lorenzo and although the corner it, it um, demands a very much a sweeping line where you start out wide and sweep round the corner. It's, very, it's certainly not. Uh, it's certainly it's, if you were to imagine uh, an arc. You're basically your your riding line is like an arc rather than um, a kind of uh, right angle, if you like. Like it's not a stop and go corner, um, if you can imagine that. So, but in order to get past, you have to turn it into a stop and go corner. So. Valentino Rossi went up the inside into this right-hander and hit the brakes hard and and put all of his faith in the Bridgestone front tyre. Fitting up the inside of Jorge Lorenzo, just you're using, you know, the, the riders always used to talk about, we don't use Bridgestone tyres in MotoGP anymore, it's now a Michelin tyre. At the time, the riders used to say the Bridgestone front tyre was absolutely exceptional and Valentino Rossi put it to probably put it under more strain than it's ever seen before to get to get on the brakes to get the bike turned and back on the gas and to complete that smooth pass now he managed to do it with no contact from Jorge Lorenzo sweeped through and off on off onto the gas and over the line to win the race again another iconic moment in MotoGP history and it really you know Valentino Rossi would go on to win the 2009 world title with Casey Stoner having to retire um from that you know from many of the races and come back fighting fit at the end of the year and into 2010 he had Jorge he only had Jorge Lorenzo to worry about in the championship and was able to defeat him but that was the last time Valentino Rossi would win a MotoGP World Championship at the age of 30. Now at the age of he will be, well, he will be 41 in February when he starts the next season. Quite exceptional that he's still, you know, still arriving on the podium. He's had a couple of podiums this season in 2019. And who knows, with a better motor motorcycle from Yamaha in 2020, he may have the opportunity to win more races. Of course, in 2010, we saw Jorge Lorenzo go on to ride one of the most incredible seasons ever seen in MotoGP where he was only off the podium once and won the title a couple of races early at Sepang. Valentino Rossi would then exit, he would then leave the Yamaha garage defeated and leaving Jorge Lorenzo to, to, to uh, take that garage and take that team for his own. Rossi would only last a couple of years at, at, uh, at Ducati and would, would retreat back to Yamaha for 2013 of and where he has stayed ever since. So Catalonia 2009 is is uh, quite a, a milestone moment in not only in terms of 
Rossi's, um, you know, his his adversaries and his uh, his challenges against some of his rivals. But it is a, a milestone moment in his career where that was his last kind of proper moment of supremacy, winning that title in 2009. And that winning that race at Catalonia definitely, um, definitely put a psychological nail in the coffin for that year at least for between him and Jorge Lorenzo. So that's the story of, of Catalonia 2009. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Um, like I say, um, all of these races are available with the MotoGP Video Pass, which is very a little bit cheaper at this time of year. You can get an off-season pass and watch all these classic races. Um, it's a brilliant way to get to listen to the dulcet tones of Nick Harris, uh, an absolute idol of mine, a fantastic commentator in motorcycle racing. Uh, and... Uh, he was he called all of these races and having his voice as the soundtrack of um of these incredible races just adds to the adds to the spectacle i think um so so that's all all, all we've got for today um if you haven't already um please do subscribe to our podcast the peter mckay motorsport podcast uh, or get in touch with us on facebook which is the peter mckay motorsport podcast uh, you can follow me on Instagram, which is at Peter Mackay Motorsport, on Twitter, which is at Mackay Podcast, or online, which is www.petermackaymotorsport.com. As I mentioned on uh, the previous episode, uh, the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast will be going on tour at the end of January. We are going over to um, the Rolex 24 at Daytona and I am so excited to go and watch some IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship uh, racing and some of the big names that have come out that are going to go over to Daytona, you know, we're going to see Shane Van Gisbergen coming over from the V8 Supercar Paddock to race uh, in the, the Rolex 24, we're going to have Scott Dixon we're going to have Ryan Briscoe um, Kamui Kobayashi, Jordan Taylor, you name it. There's there's lots of brilliant drivers that are going to be there at the Rolex 24. And I am so excited to get over there and see some of that first hand. So if there's anyone in that race that you want me to try and get to speak to, uh, I shall certainly do my best, but do let me know uh, and I will try and get the microphone uh, in front of them. So thanks very much for listening to this episode and I look forward to speaking to you again very soon.